Section 11 of Historic Girls. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ginger Cucolo. Historic Girls. Stories of Girls Who Have Influenced the History of Their Times by Elbridge Streeter Brooks. Theresa of Favilla, The Girl of the Spanish Sierras, Part 2. But little Theresa de Cepeda was of so loving and generous a nature that even the plea of an outcast and despised Morisco moved her to pity. From her earliest childhood she had delighted in helpful and generous deeds. She repeatedly gave away, so we are told, all her pocket money in charity, and any signs of trouble or distress found her ready and anxious to extend relief. There was really a good deal of the angelic in little Theresa, and even the risk of arousing the wrath of the Inquisition, the walls of whose gloomy dungeon in a villa she had, so often looked upon with awe, could not withhold her from wishing to help this poor old man who was hunting for his lost son. Nay, brother, she said to little Pedro, it can be not so very great a crime to give food to a starving man and much to pedro's disgust she opened the wallet and emptied their little store of provisions into the old beggar's hand and whither are ye bound little ones asked this tramp of the long ago as the children watched their precious dinner disappear behind his snowy beard we are on a crusade don infidel replied pedro boldly a crusade against your armies and castles perhaps to capture them and thus gain the crown of martyrdom the old moor looked at them sadly there is scarce need for that my children he said my people are but slaves their armies and their castles are lost their beautiful cities are ruined and there is neither conquest nor martyrdom for christian use and maidens to gain among them go home my little ones and pray to allah that you and yours may never know so much of sorrow and of trouble as do the poor moriscos of spain this day this was news to theresa no martyrdom to be obtained among the moors where then was all the truth of her mother's romances where was all the wisdom of her father's savage faith she had always supposed that the moors were monsters and djinns waiting with great fires and racks and sharpest scimitars to put to horrible death all young christians who came amongst them and now here was one who begged for bread and pleaded for pity like any common beggar of a villa evidently something was wrong in the home stories as for little pedro he waxed more valiant as the danger lessened he wetted his toy sword against the granite rocks and looked savagely at the old man you have eaten all my bread don infidel he said and now you would lie about your people and your castles you are no beggar you are the king of cordova come here in this disguise to spy out the christian's land i know all about you from my mother's stories so you must die i shall send your head to our emperor by my sister here and when he shall ask her who has done this noble deed she will say just as did alvar fanez de king afonso my cid campador o king it was who girded brand the paynim king he hath o'ercome the mightiest in the land plenteous and sovereign is the spoil he from the moor hath won this portion honoured king and lord he sendeth to your throne so king of cordova bend down and let me cut off your head the king of cordova made no movement of compliance to this gentle invitation and the headstrong pedro springing toward him would have caught him by the beard had not his gentle sister restrained him i do believe he is no king my pedro she said 
but only, as he says, a poor Morisco beggar. Let us rather try to help him. He hath no castles, I am sure, and as for his armies, his armies, there they come. Look, sister, cried little Pedro, breaking into his sister's words. Now will you believe me? And following his gaze, Theresa herself started as she saw dashing down the mountain highway what looked to her unpractised eyes like a whole band of Moorish cavalry with glimmering lances and streaming pennons. Pedro faced a charge with drawn sword. Theresa knelt on the ground with silver crucifix upraised, expecting instant martyrdom while the old Moorish tramp, Abdelaman, believing the discretion to be the better part of valor, quietly dropped down by the side of the rocky roadway for well he understood who were these latest comers. The Moorish cavalry, which proved to be three Spaniards on horseback, drew up before the young crusaders. So, runaways, we have found you, cried one of them, as he recognized the children. Come, Theresa, what means this folly? Whither are you and Pedro bound? We were even starting for a crusade against the Moor, brother Diego, said Theresa timidly. But our infidel friend here, why, where hath he gone? says that they are neither infidel castles nor moorish armies now and that therefore we may not be crusaders but i know that he does lie brother Diego. cried little pedro more valiant still when he saw to what his moorish cavalry was reduced he is the king of cordova come here to spy out the land and i was about to cut off his head when you did disturb us but brother Diego disapeda and the two servants of his father's house laughed long and loudly crusaders and kings he cried why we shall have the cid himself here if we do but wait long enough hush brother said young pedro confidentially say it not so loudly i did tell the infidel that i was rui diaz of bivar the cid confiador and he did believe me and then the cavalry laughed louder than ever and swooping down captured the young crusaders and set the truants before them on their comfortable cordova saddles then, turning around, they rode swiftly back to a villa with the runaways, while the old Moor, glad to escape rough handling from the Christian riders, grasped his staff and plodded on toward a villa in Valladolid. So the expedition for martyrdom and crusade came to an ignominious end. But the pious desires of little Theresa did not, for finding that martyrdom was out of the question, she proposed to her ever-ready brother that they should become hermits and for days the two children worked away trying to build a hermitage near their father's house but the rough and heavy pieces of granite with which they sought to build their hermitage proved more than they could handle and their knowledge of mason work was about as imperfect as had been their familiarity with crusading in the country of the moors the stones that we piled one upon another wrote theresa herself in later years immediately fell down and so it came to pass that we found no means of accomplishing our wish the pluck and piety, however, that set this conscientious and sympathetic little girl to such impossible tasks were certain to blossom into something equally hard and unselfish. When she grew to womanhood, and so it proved, her much-loved but romance-reading mother died when she was twelve years old, and Theresa felt her loss keenly. She was a very clever and ambitious girl, and with the mother's guiding hand removed, she became impatient under the restraints which her stern old father, Don Alfonso, placed upon her. At sixteen, she was impetuous, worldly-minded, and very vain, though very dignified young lady. Then her father, fearful as to her future, sent her to a convent with orders that she should be kept in strict seclusion. 
such a punishment awoke all the feelings of conscientiousness and self-conviction that had so influenced her when she was a little girl and theresa left her own thoughts first grew morbid and then fell sick during her sickness she resolved to become a nun persuaded her ever faithful brother pedro to become a friar and when don alfonso their father refused his consent the brother and sister repeating the folly of their childhood again ran away from home then their father seeing the uselessness of resistance consented and theresa at the age of twenty entered a convent in a villa and became a nun in what was known as the order of the carmelites the life of these nuns was strict secluded and silent but the conscientious nature of theresa found even the severities of this lonely life not sufficiently hard in attaining to a position of influence in the order she obtained permission from the pope in fifteen sixty two to found a new order which should be even more strict in its rules and therefore so she believed more helpful thus was founded the order of barefooted carmelites a body of priests and nuns who have in their peculiar way accomplished very much for charity gentleness and self-help in the world and whose schools and convents have been instituted in all parts of the earth theresa de cepeda died in fifteen eighty two greatly beloved and revered for her strict but gentle life her great and helpful charities and her sincere desire to benefit her fallen men after her death so great was the respect paid her that she was canonized as it is called that is lifted up as an example of great goodness to the world and she is to-day known and honored among devout roman catholics as saint theresa of avila whatever we may think of the peculiar way in which her life was spent however we may regard the story of her troubles with her conscience her understanding of what she deemed her duty and her sinking of what might have been a happy and joyous life in the solitude and severity of a convent we cannot but think of her as one who wished to do right and who desired above all else to benefit the world in which she lived and labored her story is that of a most extraordinary remarkable woman who devoted her life to what she deemed the thing demanded of her could we not all of us profitably attempt to live in something like a kindred spirit that helpful and unselfish one that actuated this girl of the spanish sierras here and there is born a saint theresa says george eliot foundress of nothing whose loving heart beats and sobs after an unattained goodness tremble off and are dispersed among hindrances instead of centering in some long recognizable deed but if a girl or boy desiring to do right will disregard the hindrances and not simply sit and sob after an unattained goodness if instead they will but do the duty nearest at hand manfully and well the reward will come in something even more desirable than a long recognizable deed it will come in the very self-gratification that will at last follow every act of courtesy of friendliness and of self-denial and such a life will be of more real value to the world than all the deeds of all the crusaders or than even the stern and austere charities of a saint theresa end of section eleven theresa of avila the girl of the spanish sierras part two recording by ginger cucolo